One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. He said it was such glue. I saw the boat in half. Wasn't even my boat. Right on the Hoover that one. Uh-huh. Yuckety yuck, Mc, McManakin. The British Bulldog is part of the new generation. You may all bow before D. Mabel. Yeah. Here it comes, here comes the Jackknife. On lives the new generation and the World Wrestling Federation. Welcome Everyone to the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. It's been a long time. Shouldn't have left you. A liar don't mean to step to. Who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio. Currently climbing into the Ica Pro powered DeLorean alongside the bear in the big blue bar cage. The head pen of Cultaholic, known as Justin Henry from off of America. There he is. Bless you. <laughs> Oh, I thought it was a sneeze. I thought that. Are you, are you, I thought your allergies might have been up again. Yeah, it's coming from outside. A lot of pollen out there right now. Oh, I tell you what. I tell you what's a tough job. The pollen count. Yeah, because you know it's like it's all done manually. Yeah, <laughs> especially if you sneeze a lot. One, if two, three, four. <laughs> oh God! One, two, three, four. If you lose your spot, you got to start over. That's absolutely, absolutely. But how the devil are you, my friend? Um, better now that we're past the 95 King of the Ring. Yay, we did it. We had to take an elongated break, an Elon Musk break, uh, simply to recover from what was an awful wrestling show. But we're here and we are ready to soldier on. I'm sure it can't get much worse, Justin. Mm, it, it can get almost as bad. Oh, no. I am excited <laughs> to see. We may be having a very special guest joining us for another watch along very soon. Uh, I can't reveal details yet. I know it's something I've mentioned to Justin on the QT. Is it Savio Vega? It, it may. Well, no, it'll be somebody else, but they'll, but Savio Vega will sub in at the last minute. <laughs> to the delight of everybody. <laughs> yes, uh, Caribbean legend. <laughs> Emphasis on the Caribbean. <laughs> well, well, the legend part. So this, this guy just came out of nowhere that we've uh, never really heard of, but I'm sure we'll humor it. Well, calling him a legend, and that's all that matters. I don't know whether it's the same over where you are right now, Justin, in the year of our Lord 2021. We are delighted here in the UK to be sitting inside again. They they shut everything to to the from the inside. You could only go to pubs and restaurants that outside. And we're very blessed here in the UK. Now the pub doors are open again. I have felt my feet stick to dirty carpet inside my favourite alehouse, and I'm a happy camper. I'm a happy camper. Only the US we're definitely opening up now. We've um, watched an NBA playoff game yesterday on Sunday the 23rd, in which uh, my 76ers. Had about half capacity inside the Wells Fargo Center in Philly, so that's about eleven thousand people in an indoor building with with masks on, though. Mm-hmm. Um, the Phillies baseball team outdoors are they're getting full capacity next month, but now they but now they can unmask because we're 
at a certain threshold, I guess, and the virus is it's losing a bit of its potency at this point. So, so are you are you still have you been vaccinated? Is I that have been vaccinated? Yes. So nicely, did you get a little sticker at the end of it to say I've been? Nah, I don't need a freaking sticker. Just what, mate? I'm I'm asking for a sticker and a lollipop when I get mine on Wednesday. I'm asking <laughs> sticker and I want a lollipop and and I want to go via the computer game shop and get a Master System game to make me feel better. I just went home and felt flu like the next day, and I'm like, that's that's better than a sticker. It's more personal. <laughs> Thanks for giving me the flu. That's so kind of you guys. But but I mean, that, so you know, you have a strong immune system. Oh, yeah, because if you get the flu, then you're like, that's fine. That's all. That's all in order. It's all in order. Well, I'm I'm glad there is some normality restored. And how is this for normality after a couple of weeks away, after a, a watch along of King of the Ring 1995? The lads are back together. The lads are back together. Justin Henry and Tom Campbell, the OGs of watching crap wrestling uh, for nearly three years now, still going, living the dream. Where and when are we for this week's episode of Monday Night Raw, Justin Henry? Well, it is the night after the 95 King of the Ring. It is Monday, June 26, 1995. It is aired in an undisclosed venue in Danville, <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> Bumhole, Pennsylvania. <laughs> do, now, what, do we know, what do we know about this place, about, about this particular part of Pennsylvania? Well, I just looked it up on um, Wikipedia. because I found notable people. And I don't know any of them. <laughs> Unnotable people. <laughs> However, I, I did find it is the home of Christopher Latham Scholes, inventor of the first practical typewriter and the QWERTY keyboard configuration still in use today. No way! So QWERTY came out of there? Apparently. Wow! Well, I like, I, I like that. I like the fact because whenever I've ever used a keyboard that isn't QWERTY, for whatever reason, like I, my hands feel like they've fallen off. Like it's it's the worst feeling. Whenever you get a video game that has the key, has the the you type in your name and it's alphabetical A to Z, it makes mm. my head hurt. It's got to be even on the screen. It's got to be a QWERTY keyboard. We're all just so used to, uh, you know, just that sort of configuration. Like, so it comes out of Danville, PA, of all places. Uh, it was yes, there he is, Christopher Latham Scholes. He was a newspaper editor. Uh, the, I want to, I want to know why. Now there is a legend behind Qwerty, and we'll get to wrestling in a bit. I promise. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll get to it. Uh, it's uh, now uh, apparently, uh, according to the Smithsonian's news blog, uh, this keyboard system, the Qwerty keyboard. Uh, was designed for thumb typing um on no no that can't be right because thumb because you wouldn't have typed with your thumbs back then uh, i should read this before i, I break it down um, <laughs> okay in the 1860s a politician printer newspaper man and amateur inventor in milwaukee by the name of christopher latham Scholes, spent his free time developing various machines to make his business more efficient one such invention was an early typewriter he developed it with samuel w saul james densmore and carlos glidden put the patent in in 1868 the earliest typewriter keyboard resembled a piano was built around an alphabetical arrangement of 28 keys the popular theory behind the qwerty keyboard states that Scholes had to redesign 
designed the keyboard in response to the mechanical failings of early typewriters, which was slightly different from the models most often seen in thrift stores and flea markets. The type bars connecting the key... Stay with me, this is a wrestling podcast. The type bars connecting the key and the letter plate hung in a cycle beneath the paper. If a user quickly typed in succession of letters whose type bars were near each other, the delicate machinery would get jammed. So, Scholz redesigned the arrangement to separate the most common sequences of letters, like TH or HE, to stop them getting jammed. And I remember my nan used to have a typewriter where I used to love, because I was a, a, a monster, pressing all the keys at the top so all the little poles would jam on the inside. So I like the idea of this being designed to stop that nonsense, stop idiots like me from breaking keyboards on a more regular basis. He tom-proofed the keyboard. They tom-proofed the keyboard before it even been considered by my by my my mum and dad's considerations. You know, it was like a Terminator situation where they had to go back in time to prevent um, you know Kyrie from being killed, so they could um, <laughs> prevent a not Kyrie um, uh, Come with me if you want to type. The hell is her name? John Connor. Duh. <laughs> Linda Connor from being. Not Linda Connor. Sarah Connor. Duh. John early. Connor. <laughs> John, bring that to life for us. Uh, by the way, it was John's birthday on Sunday, so yep. we we say a belated happy birthday. Uh, to Photoshop John Eiley. These Photoshops will be late going up because I'm taking him for a pint when this episode of the podcast goes up. <laughs> I'm sure that'll go well. I'm sure it will. I might, get him to, I might get him to edit them whilst we're drinking. Just, you know, make him work while we're out. I think that's only fair. <laughs> It'd be like a Salvador Dali art when all's said and done. <laughs> That'd be a great look. Anyway, let's talk about wrestling. I know that's why everybody's here, including you. Uh, the Wrestling Observer, This from this particular week, this is what we use to take a look at the landscape of the wrestling world as we head into the June 26th episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, Dave Meltzer's been reflecting on the King of the Ring. He says, King of the Ring 95 was the worst WWF pay-per-view in a long time. It was so bad, one can only speculate on how, the, how book, those booking the show together in the first place thought they be able to pull it off on the positive side it was extremely well produced if you take a dump into a cardboard box but you wrap it ornately and nicely and put a nice bow on it at least that part looks nice (laughs) it's it was a a hot mess of a show and we talked about it at length on the watch along how there were so many people who were not used that night had you subbed out quite a few of these other characters for the people they weren't being used you might have got at least an above average wrestling show from it Um, yeah but they had plans (laughs) <laughs> plans that fell like flans. It came down to Diesel's elbow and Mabel's cardio. <laughs> I don't know which. I don't know which was in worse shape by the end of the night. Uh, Ultimate Warrior is coming back, not to the WWF though. Yeah. <laughs> so, according to the Observer this week, Jim Helwig is set to make his first wrestling appearance in the US in almost two and a half years on the twenty second of July for TC Martin in Las Vegas. Now, with the exception of doing the show as a favor to a friend of his in early ninety three, he hasn't wrestled in the US, and his only wrestling was a European tour, uh, which he was paid one hundred sixty two thousand dollars for for two weeks so there was an angle set up on tc martin's show uh, just a few days before this episode of raw uh, which saw the honky tonk man this is 95 the honky tonk man knocked out the junkyard dog with his guitar then in an interview post-match said he had an open contract 
to face anybody. To which TC Martin said, hey, so has the Ultimate Warrior. Guess what? Hello, my friend, we meet again. So we're getting Honky Top Man versus Ultimate Warrior, apparently on the 22nd of July, 1995. Did this match ever happen, Justin? Yes, it did happen, in fact. It did. And uh, that promotion was called the NWC. I can't remember what it stood for. National Wrestling something, maybe Coalition. I can't remember. Council? Could have been Council. It was a very ambitious promotion, actually. They um, brought on that little... Brought on like every recent WWF cast off from like like the late eighties into the early nineties, and actually had you know, a decent little roster there. All told, let me. Uh... Well, on that same show, while you're looking that up, on that same show where we had the Warrior announcement, we had a four-way weapons match in a cage that featured. How is this for a cross section? Cactus Jack, Sabu, Mister Hughes, and Virgil. Well, there you go, right there. That is what happens when you leave SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, on auto career mode, for, on GM mode autopilot for about three years. That's the main event that you get. I did find the show, show that it's a national wrestling conference. Conference? Oh. Yes, it drew 1,100 people. To watch Virgil in a cage with Cactus Jack. No, 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 and- the world. The Warrior Honky match. Oh, the Warrior. Oh, oh gosh. Okay. How long did it last? Does it say on cage match? 13 minutes, five seconds. <laughs> what? <laughs> that is 13 minutes too long. Now, I should point out that I'm looking at all these surrounding shows, and shows have like Nightheart, Cactus, Rob Van Dam, JYD, Iron Sheik, and various others. The Warriors show doesn't, other than Honky Tonk, doesn't have any XWF guys on it. Probably his Warriors price tag was so high they couldn't afford to bring everybody else in. <laughs> they just made it a real cheap card and the Warrior there too. Oh, yeah. Which understandable. Warriors got to have a, a big price tag. Warriors got to eat. <laughs> the man's got to eat. So that's. Actually, there, was a, there was a show of May 96 where Sabu beat Karma. <laughs> this sounds like a beautifully random show. It does. We need, to, we need to keep an eye on these guys more often. I think there's 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 some fun to be had. How long do they run for? 94 to 98. Oh, God. So they're, they're still going in the Attitude Era. Yeah, see, well, who was on that last car? Let's see. How did the show end? Uh, the main event was Cheek and Honky. Oh, <laughs> they stuck to their guns right up till the end. Your semi-main was Greg the Hammer Valentine beating the Navajo Kid. <laughs> that, that plucky youngster. Who, the hammer? <laughs> hey, Hammer, hammer was, a, was, a, was a spry 902 at that point. It's fine. Well, but... in April April 98, Jake beat Honky in a match where guest referee Steve Sachs, the former L.A. Dodger who was arrested in Springfield and held on, held on every crime ever committed within the town's <laughs> ordinances. What? I this never heard this. A, this sounds amazing. Why aren't we doing a classic review of this company? We we should. We really should, right? I'm going to bookmark them. We're going to check back in with them as as time goes on. We're going to see what the World Wrestling Conference are getting up to. We need to interview TC Martin. Is he still with us? Let's have a look. TC Martin. If he is, we're getting him on. Mm. <laughs> I typed in T Martin, TC Martin WWC, and I got a link to the Waldorf Chess Club. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe he's playing chess now. <laughs> apparently he apparently he he has, he has a sports talk show in Vegas. Brilliant. So he's still with us. Yes. We're getting it, okay. We're getting him on. Assuming it is the same TC Martin, which how many TC Martins in Las Vegas could there possibly be? Oh well, I'm looking. At, I mean, there could be a few. Whichever one we get, we'll ask them about wrestling, and we'll hope for the best. <laughs> We are on a right. mission to interview every TC Martin until we about, find the right one. About TC Martin. <laughs> it, it's the same one. It's the same guy. Excellent. Excellent. Send me that link if you don't mind, please, my friend, Justin Henry from Off of America. Happy to do so. Thank you, my friend. I will I will do what I do and slide into emails with, with, with grace and charm. <laughs> is that one of those? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's <laughs> either that or pathetic simping. I think both are effective. <laughs> right, well, well, I'm going to work on that. That'll be exciting. That'll be exciting. I want to I wanna find out more about this amazing promotion. But we need to talk more about WCW. Let's move the letters around a little bit. Uh, as the Monday night show that is set to take the world by storm has been pushed back from the 7th of August now to the 4th of September. The first show is going to go unopposed by Raw, but has the yes, very much so. It has the far stiffer competition of early season NFL. Raw is preempted that week as well with the US Open. No word on the first show other than the, the date. WCW are attempting to work through New Japan to get some major talent on that show. Um, and no idea of location yet either. Um, I guess kind of flying by the seat of their pants trying to put together a plan because I think Bishop only, only had the show approved in like the first week of June. Now we're like the fourth week of June. And I guess we're still seeing it come together, whatever this vision is going to be. Well, at this point, they don't know where this show is going to uh, be emanating from because, as Justin said, flying by the seam of their pants. It'll be interesting to see uh, which hot location they choose for it. In unrelated news, Hulk Hogan's Pastamania has just opened at the Mall of America uh, on the 17th of this particular month. Hogan and Savage attended the grand opening to have a pasta-eating competition. I'm just going to guess that Hogan didn't job to Savage in a pasta-eating <laughs> contest. <laughs> I work for my brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I should have eaten it first, brother. Mall of America. What does that have to do with wrestling? Oh, exactly. I don't even know why I brought it up. <laughs> if I... well, 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 quick, quick spoiler. Yes, that was the location of the first Nitro. And part, part of me wondered... Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Part of me wondered if that was a rib on WrestleMania 11 being in a shopping mall. <laughs> do you think... I mean... There's part of me that not, thinks but... it. Ah, oh, of course it was. <laughs> I think you know they they struck a lovely deal with them all. It's one of these. It was one of those locations actually where you were guaranteed a crowd, <laughs> like not not an attentive crowd, but a crowd nonetheless. <laughs> and it was certainly going to be an eye catching conversation piece because the Mall of America is a big, you know, it, away from. It's not like a, an amazing a major venue, but it's certainly a a a, a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, was, uh, at the time it was like the biggest shopping mall in North America, so it's definitely a, uh, it was definitely an attraction that had just opened a few years earlier. So it it was something. It was different. It was off the beaten path of a normal wrestling venue. So it it, it is going to be eye catching. 
Mm, very much so. Uh, maybe while you're visiting the Mall of America, you might want to pop to the video store and get yourself a copy of Roddy Piper's latest film. The film that he is in New York doing the press for this week, Jungle Ground. In the heart of Jungle Ground, a forgotten urban wasteland controlled by roving gangs. One ruthless leader rules the burned-out streets. She had a bad experience. When Lieutenant Jake Cornell gets caught inside... You killed six of my people tonight, Jacob. Slow day. He becomes part of a deadly game. He's given one night to get out alive. And it's not only his life that's on the line. But there's just one problem. No one gets out alive from Jungle Ground. Come to you feel the heat on your face in the war zone known as jungle ground the last one out doesn't get out jungle ground familiar with jungle ground justin all right let's be honest here i think after hell comes to frog town and they live none of the piper's movies were mainstream in the slightest <laughs> this is straight to video Absolutely, unapologetically, straight to video. It sees Roddy Piper portraying a police lieutenant working undercover in the so-called jungle ground, according to IMDb. His sting operation goes bad. As a result, he's caught, and his captor and would-be drug lord, young Odin, decide to play a game with Roddy Piper, giving him until the morning to make it out of the jungle ground alive. It's... It's thirty-five. Sorry, thirty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> One review, which I think is worse than a hundred, because it really did just slip right between the cracks. This one did. If you are keen to see it, the entire movie is available on YouTube right now. Not not uploaded by the by the company. Just a random YouTube user just uploaded the movie, and it hasn't been taken down. Hey, it's got a five point four on IMDb. That's not terrible. It could be worse. It could be a lot worse. I feel like a watch-along of Jungle Ground is on the cards. It was filmed in Toronto. You're kidding me. <laughs> they didn't have to make many adjustments to it. It was, it was filmed between July and August 94. Because see what happened was Piper couldn't keep the proceeds from when he saved the children's hospital. <laughs> Piper's going to give all the proceeds. <laughs> <laughs> all the money's going to the kids. Not all the money, Piper. Stop saying that. <laughs> All of the kids. No, some of it. All of it. No, Pipe. Now, you, now you're broke. You've got to do Jungle Ground now. <laughs> How much does this movie weigh? <laughs> <laughs> that was a year ago already. Oh, mate. Doesn't time fly when you're uh, in, in, in speech marks enjoying yourself? <laughs> that's anyway that's the wrestling world this week uh lots to to unpack there which we have successfully unpacked let's throw it over to justin henry who is going to talk us through the the fallout 
from King of the Ring 1995 on Monday Night Raw. Well, the fun part of this is I didn't know we weren't doing a show last week, so I watched the show last Saturday, nine ah, days ago. Nice. So I'm I'm a bit um like I'm just rediscovering what I wrote about in my notes. Like <laughs> like oh I kind of remember that now. Well, if it helps, I watched this this morning, so it's still quite fresh in my brain. Okay, so you basically are you piggyback me, and I'll walk, and you tell me which way to turn. Sounds good to me. I'll be the kazooie to your banjo. <laughs> So my first note was, thank God that's over. I assume I met King of the Ring. <laughs> uh, I, I remember Vince was um very excited to do the voiceover start this thing. He was the last night. Like he was. He gave it some socks, didn't he? He gave it uh, some he just, socks. Just socked it. As, eh, he may give me. He may be get ready to fill a sock, given how uh <laughs> how excited he was. He was just, he was, I mean, I just thinking of him. John, no, don't do that, John. Um, <laughs> just, I can't, I mean, fair play. I think at this point, they they must know in the back of their head that, oh, King of the Ring was a bit crap. And him and Todd a bit later on, honest to goodness, they, they sell this pay-per-view replay like their lives depend on it. And, and in a way, they, they kind of do, because the company's really on its ass at this point. And Vince, Vince is the young mother or father with the spoon and the, and the jar of baby going, here comes the airplane. Mm, I like it. It's so good. And they're trying to get you to eat it. <laughs> eat this. Uh, but all the focus in this opening bit was on the, the, the Kiss My Foot match, wasn't it? We did have a nice freeze frame of, of, of all the projectile vomiting like he was um, Linda Blair. <laughs> so that was good. Good filmography oh, there. I can't wait to order this, order this replay and watch a man puke. <laughs> so yeah, that's um, this whole this whole opening montage was 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 showing Lawler getting sick, but mm. there there is a reason for it because Lawler is not on commentary tonight, and we had to explain his absence. So there is a method of the madness rather than just being fun, gross out time. So Lawler isn't here, so filling in is our favorite color commentator of the past year, Shawn Michaels. However, there are two problems. Okay. One, Shawn is now a babyface, so he's not being snarky anymore. And two, he's wearing the weirdest looking mesh shirt I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he's that's certainly it's certainly a look from this oh, time period. Yeah. Uh, he's going clubbing after the show in Danville. <laughs> like, where is good to party in Danville? I ask you. That's Bill Hader's Stefan character. Maybe maybe he'll know where to go. <laughs> <laughs> the hottest club in Danville is Mabel went over. <laughs> <laughs> Located under a rug outside of someone's patio. <laughs> incidentally, incidentally, there is, according to Yelp, ten great hangouts in Danville. No, there's not. Apparently. <laughs> The, the Pizza Hut and what else? Oh, oh, hang on. Have I got the right Danville? I've got Danville, California here. That's oh, no that good. Is, there's a problem. This is Danville, there you go. I mean, they, they've still managed to throw together 10, but one of them is Heaters Drive-In. So I don't think that's like a, a, a hot ticket in town. <laughs> it's, it's about right for rural northeastern Pennsylvania. And one of them is a, is a coffee company that mm. has a, a, a shop at the front. Where do I live in Danville? Now I'm curious. 
Could you not go on a little road trip to Danville? If I had three hours, I could. <laughs> if 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 I get Pajiti to to cover your expenses, could you do uh, a recce of Danville? That uh, hardly seems worth it. <laughs> I'd like you to go. I'd like you to go and 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 see the Danville post office. Oh, that sounds exciting. <laughs> I want I want a Justin Henry tour of Danville. I want to go to the Museum of the San Ramon Valley. San Ramon, which is uh, <laughs> hey Chico, your train's arriving. <laughs> um, let's see a screen door factory in Delaware, personally. <laughs> Hi, I'm in Delaware. Danville has points of lack of interest. <laughs> points of disinterest. Points of that's even better. <laughs> The 20th century found the 20th century found Danville affected by the wars, the Spanish flu, the depression, and new immigrants. Fun fact. Why are we, going, why are we still going about Danville? We have a we have awful <laughs> theater review. I just I just want to find out about Danville. If we have a listener in Danville, I can find out now. So we did this on the SmackDown review. It turns out because I've got access to the the back end of the podcast stuff, I can look at the demographics for for listening and i can find out how many people listen in the danville area <laughs> so whilst you crack on with our shoe i am gonna look at the insights and see if we can find how many people listen in and around danville pa <laughs> yes let me know before i make any more insults about danville oh mate we'll go we'll go to town on it anyway they're just i think they're just happy to be involved so tonight we have Jarrett and savio Sean very strongly hints that he'll have Savio's back in case of shenanigizing. <laughs> then in our opening match, we have someone that is very Attitude Era-centric, but not in the way you'd expect. We have Badass Billy Gunn and Brawl for All winner Bart Gunn versus Joey Abs and Gangrel. Also known as the Smoking Guns versus Jason R and the Black Phantom. Isn't it funny how all these lads would end up back in the company doing doing stuff? It's... It's unexpected, and I think Billy and Gangrel are both still wrestling. 26 years later. I saw Bart on the Brawl for All episode of Dark Side of the Ring. I watched that back the other day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel sad that they never gave him a a run with Austin. Well, he wasn't supposed to win. It was supposed to be Doc. Yeah, bloody old Doc with your legs blowing out. This is a story Bob Holly tells in his book about after Doc got KTFO'd when he was in the trainer's room. And Doc was like, in a daze and talking to no one particularly he says I don't know what they're going to do now they already gave me the prize money <laughs> <laughs> so as Bob points out says, so they had to cut two checks and they didn't even get the winner they wanted oh god <laughs> this, this little doc was going to steamroll everybody and well then he met Bart's left hand <laughs> so I've done some quick maths um, mm-hmm. so according to our stats uh, in the last month, so from the 24th of April to yet till yesterday, um, in Pennsylvania, um, where's Pennsylvania gone? It's next to New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Between that and Ohio. I've lost PA. Where's Pennsylvania? The Keystone State, they call it. <laughs> the Show Me State. Hmm. I thought I'd found... Oh, it's got me... Missouri. It's give me Philadelphia. Oh, that's no good. Hey. I mean, no, I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong. 
<laughs> but I have to do my maths again because I worked out the population of Philadelphia. Okay, I don't so basically, Newcastle, do I? <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> okay, so in the last month we had six hundred and seven. Oh, sorry, eight hundred and seventy-seven downloads from from Philadelphia. All right, so I would reckon maybe if population considered maybe seven downloads in Danville. <laughs> That could be that general region. That's like the Mechanicsville, Allentown region. Yeah, I reckon about seven downloads in Danville. If you're one of our seven in Danville, <laughs> then reach <laughs> out at JRH writing at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Yes, t- tell us what venue this was. Yes, please. <laughs> this hole in the wall that they've holed up in for four weeks. <laughs> so Sean's a bit happy to be here. I put happy in quotes as to a denote a possible um explanation for his energy it's just it's just a 90 second match guns take over they get your dumb awkward double russian leg sweep that they do sidewinder finishes all i had to add for this is a nice fill of eagle shirt in the front row yeah it was i saw that i saw that i thought hey there's your boys bit of philly action it was what it was of course huh. when i'm looking at two cowboys i'd rather see eagles anyway so <laughs> Jason Arndt, incidentally, uh, is is on Instagram. I found him in the prep of this show. He lives on a farm now with loads of dogs and cats and chickens, and he sells eggs. Well, good for him. Yeah. yeah. Happy, happy to see him found someone. Hopefully he's happy with where his life is at. Joey Eggs. Wait. Joey Eggs. There you go. <laughs> but speaking of Attitude Era stars, this next vignette at the time, would have been groan worthy. And in fact, it's still very groan worthy, but although it was kind of funny, which we'll explain. Mm-hmm. We had no idea that one of the most seminal performers in WWE history was getting ready to make his debut behind this vignette. A Hall of Famer. Yes. Think on that. All I have to say is this one sentence, and you know exactly where I'm going. Jerry Lawler, through his, um, his, his mouth distress, went to see his dentist. <laughs> You might think this is funny, McMahon, but it's not. I can assure you, there is nothing humorous about this. You know what I mean? Oh, gosh. I want to tell you something. Ever since last night, I have been trying to get this stench, this smell out of my mouth. I thought I had terminal halitosis. Bret Hart, I'll give you credit. Your feet are the smelliest there was, the smelliest there is, and the smelliest there'll ever be. I've even had to come here to my best friend, <laughs> Dr. Isaac Yankum, DDS, and he's been working for the past hour and a half on my mouth, and it's not there yet. Wait a minute. Oh, Bret Hart, you have not seen the last of me. I want to tell you something. You're going to pay for this. I promise you, you are going to pay for what you did to me at King of the Ring. And my good friend, as I said, Dr. Isaac, <laughs> Yankum, Yankum, excuse me, DDS has promised me, once he saw what you did to me, that he is gonna extract some revenge himself. Because you see, Bret Hart, before he became the world's greatest dentist, he was also the world's greatest wrestler, under an assumed name. And now, after he saw my mouth, my mouth that used to be so clean, and my breath was as fresh as baby's breath, 
But now, inside my mouth, he sees plaque, and he sees tartar, and he sees, he sees gingivitis, and I got a canker sore over here you wouldn't believe. Well, let me tell you something, Fred Hart. He's promised me that he is going to come back to the WWF and drill his way to the top. And he's going to start with you. And he's going to extract each and every one of your rotten teeth with his big right hand. Bret Hart, Dr. Isaac Yankum, DDS, is going to practice anything but painless dentistry with you. Do you understand? Give me that. Give me that. Oh. You're gonna get it, Bret Hart! I promise you've not heard the last of the king on this! Can you imagine that, ladies and gentlemen? Yes, indeed, the king suffering a case of E. coli holitosis! <laughs> so a lot was going on about what Bret Hart did to him. And he's swearing revenge. Meanwhile, behind him, Behind the closed door of Dr. Yankum's office, we hear somebody screaming while a drill while a drill sound plays. And Laurel stops every now and then to just laugh. Which that okay, that part killed me. Laurel's just amused at somebody's pain. <laughs> he's delighted as he's shoving chewing gum into his mouth, hearing somebody screaming in agony. <laughs> that part was funny, I'm not gonna lie. It so, went a bit long, didn't it? It did, but I was fine with it because, well, we know where it's going, and ultimately it's okay. Mm. So Lawler explains that not only is Yankum going to fix his mouth, but Yankum is also going to help him ex- extract revenge on the hitman. Because as Lawler explains, and I appreciated this, this Isaac Yankum used to be a wrestler under an assumed name. So that explains why his dentist would be a wrestler. That makes more sense. It wasn't just a case of, oh, the dentist is rough as, as, rough as they come. He's just going to start fighting. Mm-hmm. So this Yankum apparently knows the tricks of the trade and is apparently Lawler's ultimate weapon in revenge on Bret Hart. Yankum is coming for the hitman. So at this point, only people on the inside knew who was behind that door, Dr. Isaac Yankum. Every, you know, you know. S- spoiler, by the way, uh, Glenn Jacobs is the man behind the door. He will be come known as the Big Red Machine, but before that, he is the Big Red McLean. <laughs> That's in... got to be Nova Kane. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be Nova Kane. Um, <laughs> That's crossed the international punchline. Um, now, at this point, the, the, I'm going to read this from The Observer. I held off on this until this moment. Uh, Dave says, Dr. Isaac Yankum, is so mad he's coming to the WWF to get revenge on Hart. Jerry Lawler says Yankum used to be a pro wrestler under an assumed name, which makes me think it could be Shane Douglas. As Shane Douglas <laughs> at this point is close to signing with the company. Uh, it's... <laughs> you know, I, I can't blame him for thinking that that was possible because, I mean, there are cross wires here, so I, he could think that. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it makes more sense to have Yankum be this big heavyweight brute. Absolutely, absolutely. But the question is, Justin, which would have been, which would you have preferred for Shane Douglas, Dean Douglas, or DDS Douglas? Uh, that's kind of a fair point. <laughs> Open your fucking mouth. <laughs> 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 what a lovely set of dentures and they a lovely set of teeth and they can all kiss my ass 
<laughs> I'm not the man who uses dental technology that died. R.I.P. <laughs> seven years ago. That'd have been fine. That'd have been fine. <laughs> do you think dentists would have been preferable to what we do get with Shane Douglas? Mm. Or do you? As, I know, as you say, like obviously Isaac Yankin makes more sense as a as a as a hulking big boy, but mm. whether or not. There was anything that uh, Shane Douglas could have salvaged from being a dentist. I mean, honestly, I thought the Dean character was fine. If they just let him speak in his normal voice, it would have been much better. <clears throat> but, you know, we'll see that when it comes up because that's coming very soon. Mm-hmm. We, will, we will see the Dean. But Yankum, I'm kind of excited about it just because it's... We know who it is. It's a, it's a great moment in history to talk about the, the wrestling dentist. Isn't he the Lawler's a rebel? <laughs> I think he is rebel. I want to see him out. And, and, and he's just had some damage to his foot. That's true. Ah. <laughs> Lawler's crutch is clutch. <laughs> Does this mean that in two years, Britt's going to be a pyromaniac? <laughs> I, one would hope. <laughs> I'm excited for the big red machine Brit. <laughs> After a run as as, as uh, fake Diesel for for Britt Baker, that is a trajectory. I mean, and in twenty years, should be a mayor <laughs> of Pittsburgh. Yeah, Mayor Baker. I'm down, down for that. I'm down for that. I'm down mm. for Mayor Baker, candlestick maker. That'd be a lovely time. So we go to the best room of the show, which is by the King of the Ring replay. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm glad I didn't. I'm not the only one that laughed at that as well. They God, and I, I mean, they can't do anything else. Like the show was so bad, but the hype they give this, and I get it. They're not going to go. Oh, this pay was a little bit crap, but buy it anyway. They're going to give it. They're going to give it the big I am. But God, they, they're, they're so. You can always tell, like when WWF is on the back foot because they become more heavy-handed in their in their selling. Like they sell a little bit harder when they are in a, in a tough in a tough way. When they're making money without even trying, there's less effort. But at the point like this, where every every replay buy rate counts, they're really pushing this as like you must not miss this show. It's like, hmm, yeah, I think we should. <laughs> and then meanwhile, we see the footage of Sid backing down like a coward. It's like, do they not know what got Sid over in the first place? He destroys people, and they and they lament on this, uh, Vince and Sean, about how oh Sid definitely backed down to Kevin Nash. So don't do that. Well, I can't wait to buy next month's pay per view now to see the coward challenge for the title. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Speaking of horrible marketing, we come to this next match, which should be an enjoyable squash, but it's full of a few things that got under my skin. Mm-hmm. Skip versus Scott Taylor. We start with Vince comparing Sonny to Jane Fonda, because that's a real heel in his eyes. I wonder why. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm Fonda Fonda. It's, yeah, I like that. But then, so Sonny has the microphone while she's, while she's doing the intro, where she's and Tony the fan for being out of shape pigs and all that. The way Sonny would in, in, in his body Donna role. <clears throat> Vince and Sean talk over the majority of her of her promo. Oh. <clears throat> Just drown her out completely. Infuriating. Not only do they do that, but then they throw it to Barry the Dud Dudinsky. <laughs> so Barry Dudinsky is next to this poor soul. He's probably a long-suffering Eagles fan like myself. He looks terrified. Yes, he looks... If, if he were any stiffer, he'd be like a, 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 a dollar store mannequin. <laughs> he's petrified. He's wearing a cantering shirt and hat. No wonder he's petrified. <laughs> I don't know what I would rather wear than that. Probably like a... I don't, I don't want to go in that direction because uh, that's messy. But... Think of the most disgusting thing you could think of that could be on your body. I'd rather be wearing that than that King of the Rings shirt. <laughs> so Barry's showing also showing some Brett merchandise. All the while, Skip's cutting a promo in the ring. Not only do we not hear it, we don't even see it. Wait to yeah. get these new characters over. It's it's yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot <laughs> of issues here. It's um. They really don't care for the body down as it seems, even though Sonny should be like super over. <clears throat> they're a great setup. They're a great heel team. I think the the talking all over really did my head in because let let these characters breathe for goodness sake. They're brand new, Vince. Let them tell the story. Like if you don't trust, 
your talent to tell the story themselves, then you shouldn't be hiring them. Like you've you've put them in that position, you've given them a microphone so <laughs> they can tell their story, so they can get the crowd against them. Not you. It annoys me. <laughs> WCW did this at the height of their fame, at the height of their popularity, the, at the zenith of their power. WCW did this all the time. Whenever anybody was on a promo, it would just be constant chatter on the commentary table, and it did my Sweden. And and I'm sad to see this happening here. Well, yeah, it's just like. <clears throat> This whole crash TV format where they just try to do too much at once and jump from one thing to another without looking without looking where they leap. It, it, it is like even today with you know SCU's big moment after they lost, they immediately cut away to Moxley and Kingston backstage because they're afraid that someone might change a channel after a match is over, which it's like just calm down sometimes and just let things play out naturally. And it's how you get stuff over. And it's how you create, you know, moments when, you, you know, when, instead of just weaving back and forth haphazardly you've just got to let this breathe you gotta <laughs> let the moment happen but then i suspect at this point they probably just couldn't wait to get skip away from sunny yeah they were they they brought you can tell that the, the passion is there for sunny as opposed to skip which is a I shame because skip's a great wrestler as we see here mm -hmm. i think he may have already been mirrored at this point flippin egg Lots of love in the crowd for Scott Taylor in this, though. Oh, yeah, I'm not really sure why he's from Maine, so it's not, like a, not really a local thing unless they all drove down from Westbrook, Maine to see him. Maybe he was seen coming <clears throat> out of the, the coffee factory in Danville. <laughs> or maybe seen coming out of the Danville old post office, and they went, he's one of us, one of us, one of us. <laughs> Here he is, Danville's adopted son, Scott Taylor. <laughs> we stan, Bill, Scott Taylor. <laughs> Representing rural Pennsylvania and secluded Maine, it's Scott Taylor. <laughs> should, should give him Hulk Hogan theme music. <laughs> so, I'm a real <laughs> Danvillian. <laughs> like well, power's gone up to a million. All the wrestlers on the show look like civilians. <laughs> so it's a decent little match because it's it's Chris Candido and Scott Taylor, so of course it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. We see Skip get a uh, Enzo Giri out of, out of a kick catch, but then Taylor knocks him to the floor. Gets a nice baseball slide, which Skip bounces off the rail on. The problem with Skip is that they probably realized he was too small, so they had him sell a lot more for everybody, including the enhancement guys. He should have been kicking ass, even though he is like five eight. WWE can't get the height, can't get past the height thing. They really can't. They can't fathom, and it's just it's a weird complex they've got. Like you can have spooky goings on at a wrestling show. You can have like undead creatures, zombies surrounding the ring as lumberjacks, but. Heaven forfend that a small guy can beat up a big guy. <laughs> what what unbelievable nonsense is that? What a maneuver. Vince had a real issue with height, and I think he still does. Like you know, we talked about this on the SmackDown review with Taz, and we're having similar conversations now, and I imagine we will for weeks to come with Skip from the Body Donners. I mean, you're really light on guys here that can actually carry their end of a match up. From a mechanical standpoint, you have Chris Candido use him to his fullest potential. You could here's a crazy idea. What if you've got a guy who can go out there and have belter matches? 
and and he takes care of like a big part of the show for you. Maybe just let him do that. I mean, also, don't call him Skip. Call him Chris Candido. <laughs> but alas, we uh, Kip ends up hitting the. Uh, he uses diving splash to the floor at one point, which is which is nuts. It's nice. Brings Taylor back in, puts him up top. Top rope, Rana finishes with with push-ups during the pinfall. That was cool. I like that. I like to see Scott Steiner doing something like that. And then, and what has to be the best part of the show, Vince McMahon, who is a, is a babyface at this point, ostensibly, says that Pony skips victory that Skip could give Barry Dedinsky and that fan some tips on how to lose weight. <laughs> this poor young man who... The, the, they have modeled a hat and shirt of the worst pay-per-view in history. And now Vince is basically calling him fat on TV. That is quite literally insult to injury. Wear, <laughs> wear this King of the Ring 95 gear. Oh, by the way, you're fat. <laughs> oh, you probably on. need a triple X. Let me, let me, let me, let me get, let's get that for you. You'll never get over, kid. Oh, you'll never get over, kid. Just mean. That poor guy. I hope he got his money back. Here, have a garbage bag full of cotton candy. You'll feel better. <laughs> I, mean, I think Vince Louise. just doesn't. Vince just doesn't think sometimes when he's talking. <laughs> he just doesn't think. It just. He's. I think because he's. And this was always the issue with Vince. We've talked about this a few times. Like you get the vibe that he doesn't quite pay attention at all times to what the other person sat next to him saying because he's very busy running a show, and like his head is in a hundred different places. Like as 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 iconic as Vince McMahon has been on commentary, um. He, it's obvious why he stepped away, so he could actually run the show and be and have somebody focused on doing the commentary. Boy, he stepped away, but then he's but he's still focused on the commentary by telling everybody what you say at all times. Oh, he Look still lives Pat vicariously McAfee. through it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Pat McAfee ain't Pat McAfee anymore. I think Pat's still that. Is, I think Pat's still just about in the honeymoon phase with it. I think that Pat is still being Pat. Um, for better or for worse, you still feel like he's getting his own slant in there, but I oh. think that will change. I mean, Pat, Pat at this point is like three weeks away from. It's like three, Pat, Pat at this point is like we were th- three weeks out from King of the Ring. Like, is that the tip of the iceberg? What is that? <laughs> do you think Pat McAfee will do SmackDown commentary for long? I mean, I don't know. It's he 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 has his own gig. He's popular enough. He doesn't need WWE. It's, it's, it's more of a fan thing for him. Mm. It feels like more of a hobby that he wants to try. Just something he wants to do for a bit. And then if it gets too much, like, ah, oh, this isn't fun, he'll just go, ah, I'm not going to do it anymore. It lasted four months on SmackDown. Four months? Is that your, is that your guess? Four months? No, I'm saying Foley, Foley lasted four months oh, all those years ago. Foley, yeah. Foley, yeah. And Foley tired of being yelled at. sick of it. I mean, we'll see whether Pat goes the same way. Do you think he'll go longer than Foley? I think he'll last longer because he's more... I, 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 I really don't know, but I'd I predict longer. Mm. Until they find someone that says everything Vince wants to, say, wants to say and then puts him in there. That's a shame because I think Pat's yeah. got so much potential in that. Oh, I like Pat. I like. I can't not like Pat. I really do. Even when everybody was on his case of being a bit annoying, I was like, "Mate, I kind of relate to you. Like, you're out there living, living your, your living your truth. <laughs> you're out there living your truth, and people are calling you out on it." I was like, "Mate, I, I feel, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> I want us to be best friends. 
I've invited him on Desert Island Graps. He replied to me. He said he was really up for it. And then I never heard from him again. And... Look, I'd be really happy to be on the show, but I've got so many things I'm doing at once right now. And uh, like, I mean, I got I got to learn all these insider terms that I'm not allowed to use on commentary because that's um, McAfee sounds like Indi- Indiana Roddy Piper. <laughs> Just so you think you change all the answers, I. I... Just you know, think I'm going questions because it's. I was a punter, but I still tackled at least. <laughs> I love McAfee. I think I'll just get you to do his Desert Island graps. I think that'll be fine. I don't think anyone will notice. I'll put on a cold jersey. Uh, I'll buff up a little bit. Be brilliant, mate. It'd be like he's here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of athletes, we we have Ooh. a bunch of athletes playing softball with Diesel in Oklahoma. It, it is for a charitable cause. This was a couple months after the Oklahoma City bombing. It killed over 100 people, I believe. And, um, but of course, it's Diesel doing a, a charity endeavor with, with 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 other athletes. So, of course, Vince McMahon is going to whistle and shout and call them all by name. So we know who Diesel's rubbing shoulders and injured elbows with. Mm-hmm. Herschel Walker, Troy Aikman, Barry Sanders, Tony Danza. <laughs> that made me happy. Mwah. Tony Danza. <laughs> That'd have been the first name I'd have said. <laughs> Hey, I was on a show called Who's the Boss? And Vince is your boss. That's kind of uh, <laughs> ironic, isn't it? Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, there is a wrestling connection here because he was, he was on Taxi and so was, so was Andy Kaufman. There you go. There you go. I think Danza would have done something good in wrestling. I think he would have had some fun if they did a, a wrestling bit with him. You ever watch Taxi? Ever? Yeah, I like Taxi. So you know the scene with um, good old Christopher Lloyd taking the driving test? Oh, I don't know that one. It's the greatest scene in the history of the show. Oh, okay. Which is which season was it? Do you know? I cannot remember, but it's um. Hang on, I want you to watch the clip while while I describe the, the next few segments because then uh, I, I right. see your I should see your reaction while uh. Okay, I got it right here. I'm linking to your Facebook. The fun part being the visual of your face as you watch this. Right. All anyway. right. I'm d- I'm down for this. I'm down for this. So anyway, we got some. Uh, we had the King of the Ring final report. Vince talks about the spectrum being the hallowed halls, which okay, I appreciate that. We get some foot puns because and we're still on Lawler kissing feet. Of course. And of course, Mabel is the king. And you know, thanks for reminding us of that. We only have one more opportunity to see it, unless there's a streaming service that. that, that They'll pick it up years from now, and then we could um, go through all that. I'm watching Tom now. <laughs> Tom is... Told you that. <laughs> Slow down. It's so, it's so dumb, but it works. So stupid. I love it. <laughs> we, we see Sid walking out like a coward again. Just from Meanwhile, Diesel versus Sid is for in your house two inning lumberjack match. It's like the monster heel is a coward. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're trying to sell a pay per view on the basis of watching a guy who won't fight challenge for the championship. <laughs> Nearly done with this, by the way. <laughs> <They're> on... <laughs> I like how they keep the joke going. because yeah, <laughs> Reverend Iggy is a little uh, is a little slow himself. That's lovely. That's lovely. I like that a lot. Lumberjack match, yes. Um, what? Yeah. Why? Why are we still painting Sid as, as a as a coward? You've got you've you've got a weak champion and a coward. 
Has a lumberjack match ever drawn ever? Good question. Um, I was a lumberjack once. Were you? An independent show. I won a raffle to be one of the lumberjacks. What? Right. Tell us this story, you sucker. Like, uh, so you, which show was this? Which company was this? It was a, it was a very, very, very local promotion about twenty minutes from my house, and they handed belts to everybody. And <laughs> and one of my fellow lumberjacks who stood next to me was Ace Austin from Impact. What? It was, it was That's crazy. so cool. I only got in three shots of one of the guys. Uh, who was the who was the match that you were lumberjacking? Well, it was it was an intergender match, and, and, and we were told do not hit the woman. We're like, well, I wasn't going to do that anyway. And the male was DJ Hyde, the owner of CZW. I gave him a couple shots. Nice. Like, so um, ask Ace. That is, is there, is there footage of this anywhere? I don't believe so. Ah. So we got. It's, it's Savio and Jarrett tonight. As I mentioned earlier, Savio cuts a promo on Jarrett backstage. Next week, Bigelow and Sid. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, I like the sound of that. I like. I still think that they missed the trick by not just having Bigelow just just pursuing the Million Dollar Corporation. Like, have that as a long-running storyline. I think he won't be him at this point. He was just mm. a means to an end. Yeah. It does seem that way, but I like. But you know, to have him burning through the Million Dollar Corporation would have been a great story. But they haven't told that story, so. Man, what? Mountain Rock versus Phil Apollo. Apollo. Yeah. Meanwhile, Man, Mountain Rock has got his guitar back. And Vince assures us, if it's too loud, you're too old. I like undesired crowd chants. Like ECW chats during the main event at King of the Ring, mate? Is that... <laughs> oh, yeah, like like that. <laughs> if it's too loud, you're too extreme. Vince assures us that Apollo would be a big star if he beat Man Mountain Rock. <laughs> there was a joke. Um, the Phil, Phil Apollo wasn't the joke. Um, Backlund, there was, they were talking about Bob Backlund becoming the next president, and they talked about Backlund hanging out with Ted Kennedy uh, at, at happy hour, and then Sean going, oh, well, it was a juice bar. But it was still a good time. Is there any more to that, or is it just some I light think that, bantering? I think they were just trying to cover up the fact that they were making a possible drunken joke about Ted Kennedy. Right, fair enough. So just, they just kinda... backtracked a bit, saying, "Oh, it was a juice bar," so it's more innocent that way. There you go. That's fine. Yeah, yeah Ted Kennedy had had some sort of moments in his life. So I guess they were just double, just 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 winding that back a little bit. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah under, understandable. Mm-hmm. So meanwhile, Man Mount Rock gets this great looking belly to belly suplex on Apollo. Look great. And it finishes with the whammy bar. Short match. Mm-hmm. He's not did going anywhere. No. <laughs> nor Phil, poor Phil Apollo. Did the, neither, did the job. Neither, neither nor. Did the job. Our next match features the new king of the ring <laughs> King Mabel versus Kenny Kendall. It's sponsored by Pep Boys. Well, maybe they should have got a better lift for Mabel's throne because <laughs> now, I think this is part of the design. This is like the, the plan. But you've seen, you know, regal wrestlers in the past like Savage and Haku and Harley Race get carried out on that big wooden throne that has the um, beams that come out. So you hold it on your shoulder and you shoulder him out there. Mabel is on this thing. And good God, are the jobbers ready to kill over. <laughs> They're carrying this thing. I, I, they mentioned it on commentary, so I can't tell whether commentary were kind of playing along with the fact they were struggling, or whether the fact they were struggling was by design because because he's he's fat. Get it? 
He's 550 pounds. What do you expect? He's a big lad. Do we know who the uh, enhancement guys were carrying I, him? I honestly can't even remember because this is nine days ago. So no, I, I look, I looked them, I looked at them, and I look, try to. They, I think some of them have been on telly before, but they probably have been, yeah. You know, we, they're, they're probably jobbers that we've got really excited about seeing, but their their faces have just blurred to my brain. So, may I may not be sure who they are. Well, the, I mean, it should be like a metaphor for SummerSlam coming up, where it's hard to carry Mabel. <laughs> but all the Vince does assure said that these guys carrying the throne are not members of the OJ jury. What a way to try to shoehorn the news in at a random time. God, he, he loves a good new shoe on, doesn't he? He loves a good new shoe on, that lad does. Vince's slogan is, it's now or never. <laughs> Get it done. <laughs> and then Sean proceeds to call Mo the biggest piece of baggage in the WWF. <laughs> that seems a little shooty to me. It did a little bit, didn't it? You said that he wasn't too um, too heelish here, but I think he was—he had a nice little edge yeah, well, to him. I thought, not like it was before when Sean would just piss on everything. Oh no, no, no! It was—it was certainly back a couple of inches, but mm. there was still like a a snarkiness to him, and it was aimed at the the correct people. Well, Sean and Sean in January was just like the the avatar for the pissed off fan. Hmm. Here he's he's a bit more like Poochie. <laughs> it's like he's hip, he's cool, he's wearing a mesh shirt, he's got a receding hairline. He's hip, he's Sean. <laughs> it's um, he's he's a tryhard at this point. Yeah, he's kind of. I get that. He's sort of. He's he's still trying to keep that baby face, that that mm. that edge to him, but obviously, he's a good guy now, so you can't be as edgy. When yeah, so it's not as fun. It's not as fun. We get a spot in this match where Mabel com- completely misses an Enzugiri, and there is a precious pause there, and then Kendall falls down. <laughs> if I can quote it- Homer, this is going great. <laughs> there was I a nice not- line at the beginning, um, just before that, just before that Inziguri, where Mabel's laying into Kenny, and he goes, "Do you want another whack from the King?" <laughs> just constantly referring to himself in the third person, King Mabel. It- I'm the King. Oh, he, he's doing the bit they do on WTV now, where they tell you the story during the match. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm gonna get you back for what you did to me three weeks ago. Suplex, and then this is what <laughs> for, for what happened two weeks ago when we had friction, and it's just like okay, we get it. That's why we have commentators. And Adnan Adnan Verk's going, oh, he did that because they had friction two weeks ago. Adnan doesn't know. <laughs> Adnan Verk just went, oh, double trouble. <laughs> Bless him. He's having a go, isn't he? And he's he's trying. He's. <laughs> Can't be bothered. He's the Orange Cassidy of commentators. <laughs> he's trying. Yes, he certainly is. Um, well, this crowd could not care less about Mabel. They're just. They were more into Scott Taylor. Yes. Than, than Mabel. <laughs> That's amazing. So, 
Sean laughs off his elimination from the night before by saying, I really need to read the rule book about how this stuff works. Like, it's like, <laughs> Bayface doesn't care about losing. It's Cena. <laughs> belly to belly finishes, and the king wins. And then we get one, the other good part of the show. A vignette from our old friend, Waylon Mercy. Yay! Hey, people, guess what? It's Waylon Mercy again. <laughs> Ain't it something? I'm out here on the beach. Up here on the lifeguard stand. Now, I know you people must think that's kind of peculiar, but what the heck? Well, the Mercy's out here protecting people from drowning and whatever. You know, the funny thing is that when I get to the WWF and I get in that ring, the wrestlers that get into that ring's lives are going to be in Waylon Mercy's hands. <laughs> Have you thought about that? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we know what he means. We're looking forward to Waylon Mercy making his debut, ladies and gentlemen, in this very ring next week on Monday Night Raw. It kind of felt like they didn't set out to do a piece with him on the lifeguard seat. I just kind of think they went to that venue and they went, oh, there's a lifeguard seat over there. I'm going to go sit on there and <laughs> riff. Because lives are going to be in his hands. Yeah, and 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 I liked it. I do. I, it's it's one of them where it's bittersweet seeing stuff like this because you're watching this going, oh, this is cool. This is a this is a bit different. This feels pre-attitude era sort of stuff. But knowing what we know, that well, it doesn't really hit the mark. Nothing and nothing nothing to do with what Waylon Mercy did or didn't do. Um, just I think it came along about ten years too late for him. Sort of. Body wise, he, he was near the end of his end of his in ring career due to injuries, so that was unfortunate. Yeah, I, I, I got to say, as a kid, I didn't understand what he was supposed to be because I hadn't seen Cape Fear yet. So, but I did watch Baywatch because you know I was of that age. Mm. So I thought he was like an evil lifeguard after seeing this vignette, and I thought like people would just drown and he would just let them. Just sit there and just watch him drown from a distance. Do you think that would have added to the character a little bit? Where they just gone, oh, there's someone. As he was talking, going, oh, I'm a lifeguard and these people's fates are in my hand. And in the background, you've got a kid going, help! Help! <laughs> yep, they'll be in my hands. Bye, kid. <laughs> Say hi to Jesus. <laughs> Come on, that'd be hilarious. If you're wrong, would be hilarious. Yes. So we talk about the Hall of Fame segment from Saturday. Vince assures us that Sid is not bound for the Hall of Fame, but Diesel is. So far, he's right. Yeah, pretty accurate so far. I think Sid should go in the Hall of Fame. But see, I, I got to say, I hate when they do this, where they can't give the heel any benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, well, he's a heel, so he's awful at everything. Because they're, so, over there. Because, because they're so desperate. They can see that, the, that Diesel isn't landing the way they want him to. So they have to completely push the scales in Diesel's favor and have to make sure that we all go Sid's crap and he's big and he's scared and he's that rubbish guy, that guy over here holding the Sid sign but he must have paid him to hold that up yeah they have they just because I feel like they're so concerned about losing control of the narrative at this point by giving Sid even the tiniest little bit as long as they're kind of weighing the scales always in the favor of Diesel then it'll all be fine I remember Remember Moxie left WWE and he gave his notice and they couldn't do anything to him after that. And then WWE put out that press release where they confirmed 
that he was leaving because it, they were trying to control the narrative. Mm-hmm. As, as, as Moxie pointed out, he says, like, like, at that point, Vince didn't know what to do because he had no control. So mm. he figured that was the only thing he could do because he had to do something in his eyes. He had to be seen to do something to 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 take control back. And, and even if it was announcing Dean Ambrose is leaving the company, like mm. even that is like a power play from Vince. Yeah, that, to them it's just he, he, he can't be powerless. Yeah, because he knew as well that, that Moxley, had they just buried him on television, he'd have been fine anyway. And also that the, the crowd, through it. yeah, they haven't would have seen through like Moxley losing regularly on television and being made to look daft on TV. They'd have seen through it, and they did to an extent, which is why they kind of went, "Let's give him like a." And again, even right to the very end, there was that vibe of controlling the narrative because it was like the Shield's final farewell, this final mm-hmm. tour where they really kind of went, "Oh, can't believe the Shield are breaking up after all this time. We're going to see them off. Can't believe." Dean Ambrose is leaving and the shield is ending. Dean, you're leaving and you're ending the shield. Like almost putting that heaviness on his shoulders to go, well, Dean, if you go, then the shield is over. And all this, all this, this big reaction everywhere you go, you're going to lose all this, but it's your decision to go. And Moxley went, yeah, fine. See ya. <laughs> He's catching in his chips. He? he was, he was flying. We had, I, chat, I spoke to Nick Mondo for Desert Island Graps. It's out next week, by nice. the way. And Mondo was one of the guys that worked on Moxley's promos. Yep. Yeah, the vignette, the pit, the prison break vignette. And like Moxley was so out of the door, even as they were doing this whole, hey, look at what you could have, the shield, isn't it great? He was so out the door that he was flying to the set to film this prison break bit between WWE shows. Like mm-hmm. he was, he was, as he was finishing up his WWE dates, he was recording the prison break video. Yeah, he was just done. He was done. And I just like the fact that even up to the end, they were thinking, oh, he'll, he'll come around. Like, no, he's gone. He's gone. One, he's, he is a, a star performer and you've just let all that slip away. And mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of on you for, so for the like, way you eh, do business. Yeah, he won't go to AEW. <laughs> I just pay him I'm eating a hat there. <laughs> oh, Hi, <no>. Sam. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sam, I'm going to see you in this restaurant as well. <laughs> so come to our main event, Jeff Jarrett and Savio Vega for the Intercontinental Championship. Big Savio weekend here. Mm, they're really pushing this Caribbean legend, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And speaking of big pushes, we're pushing the Jarrett song. His first song in his two years in this company is coming out this weekend. With my baby tonight. This is uh, so the, we're getting them. Is he? We're getting the music video next week, aren't we? Yes. Cool. And so, and the and the general consensus is, oh, we're going to find out whether or not Jeff Jarrett can actually sing. And so they're building it up that like oh, he's going to fall right on his face because he doesn't know what he's doing. Turned out it's a good video, but there was um, there's a story behind it that was supposed to come out at around that time. But doesn't happen for reasons. Oh, okay. We have a whole month to discuss what happened here. Excellent. So pop a pin in that. So Sean calls Savage four matches in one night a record. I don't know what that means, but I know <laughs> I wrestled four matches in one night once. <laughs> I, Shut up, Savage. You're not here anymore. You're one of the all-time greats. I believe Savio may be tied with somebody <laughs> who won his tournament and became the WWF champion. We don't talk about you anymore, Savage. <laughs> you don't even go here. 
what are you whitewashing WrestleMania four for? That was a profitable time for the company. Match wash. <laughs> well, you're match washing it. There was a tournament that DiBiase was in the final of. Yes, when DiBiase wrestled. <laughs> On the network, it would say Ted DiBiase <laughs> wrestles at the tournament final. <laughs> So the story of this match basically is that Rhodey keeps trying to interfere as he does. Tries back jumping Salvio, he gets slugged. We get some um, little back and forth here. And Jarrett ends up knocking Rhodey off the apron on the miscue. So Rhodey goes flying backwards into the commentary desk. So Sean just reaches up and grabs Rhodey's dreadlocks and starts pulling on like, like it's a freaking like, 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 like he's riding a horse. And Rhodey gets really mad. All right, that was kind of funny <laughs> for this physical comedy. <laughs> That was nice. That was nice. They all work quite well together, this lot. If they are extensions, then they're, then they're in there pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Be, maybe he did the Gorilla Glue Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> it's that stuff. What's it called? Um, the, the stuff that the man uses on the advert to to stop a leak in the in the, in the the water. Oh, um... Flex Seal? Quick, flex Seal! <laughs> I'm Phil Swift. I saw this boat in half. What a sociopath. <laughs> he is such... He said it was such glue. I saw the boat in half. Wasn't even my boat. <laughs> that is the Ralph Wiggum. A leprechaun tells me to burn things of enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Oh, I love Phil Swift. So we've established... I Sean... saw the boat in half. <laughs> All right, Phil. Don't go on about it. And then it cuts to him on the... Cuts to him on the lake. John, I have a request. John, I have a request. Turn the Flexio ads into a horror movie trailer. Oh, John, boot up Adobe Premiere, mate. <laughs> I so, saw uh, the boat in her. Creepy piano music. Phil Swift has a problem. Anyway. This boat's not in half. He's <laughs> got a chainsaw. Just him on the lake with this boat with tape all in the middle. <laughs> Phil, mate, go home. <laughs> your family miss you. <laughs> Be with your loved ones. <laughs> so after this match, or after the commercial break, we've established now that Sean and Rody are now at odds based on the hair pulling incident. Mm-hmm. This is important. So after the break, uh, Jared's kind of taken over a bit. Jared takes a referee. Rhodey interferes a little bit, so Sean's getting a little ticked off. Sabi makes a comeback and gets a rock bottom at one point. Nice. Sabi's the people's champ. <laughs> did, did, the, what, did they give it a name, or was it just the water maneuver? Type? I think it was just the water maneuver. Just the water maneuver. Water maneuver. <laughs> so Savio... Uh, Knocks Rhodey off the apron again in Sean's direction. So Sean shoves Rhodey back. So we get a little scrunch here between Sean and Rhodey. When Sean gets up from the commentary table, the crowd finally wakes up because finally a star is going to do something. <laughs> yeah, tries... they were really into Sean as well when he stood up. Mm-hmm. Jarrett tries to jump Sean, so Sean beats him up. Savio rolls Jarrett up. Rhodey clotheslines him for the DQ. So Jarrett retains, but then Sean and Savio clean house. Okay, so we're building the Sean and Jarrett here. We come back from break. Sean is dancing on the desk. 
Okay. <laughs> um, Sid and Bigelow next week. We get Mercy's debut. We get one, two, three kids return. Watching Sean stuck up to the crowd is just so weird. Yeah, I think he's still great. He's he's still good as a as a face. And I know you say like it, it, it's the 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 bulldogs lost a bit of his bite in it, but I still think he's maintained enough of himself. So to, uh, to the point where I don't I don't dislike babyface Shawn Michaels. I still think he's like, but I think like you said earlier, he's lost a bit of that voice of uh, of us kind of calling out the the bullshine on this show. He doesn't do that as much. Vince laughs along with him quite a bit more through this. Like and but otherwise I like him on comms. I think here's just please use this guy more often. It's such a difficult time for the company. Please well, wait, use wait. this guy more often. Well where do we get the ninety six Sean? Oh ha, ha, ha. <laughs> bring that noise on. Bring that noise on. <laughs> so while Sean is while Sean is yucking up and having a good time, Jarrett and Rudy come back out. Officials try to get between them. They're mad. Jarrett takes the mic, but we're out of time. Oh, just something cool was going to happen. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're building up to a couple of matches for In Your House 2. Obviously, the Lumberjack shenanigans we talked about. Uh, but it looks like we're also getting Jeff Jarrett versus Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental Championship. Sounds exciting. Mm, already looking like a better pay-per-view. Than, than the other week, than King of the Ring. <laughs> Already oh, looking better. Because not only is Jarrett wrestling, but Sean's wrestling someone that, that that's, that's not limited. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some potential here. Has some to be, joy has to be, to be had. Yeah, yeah, it can't be worse, yeah. can it? No, it really can't. <laughs> so what did you make of this show? Uh, not really that good. It was just... No. It was what it was. and Unfortunately, this was the live show out of the... Four episodes are being taped in this one location, back to back to back to back. So oh. this is um, we got three tape shows. We're gonna see a crowd just die off. We've got some beautiful warmed up cold cuts to come, <laughs> as you so politely put it in the past. We're scraping noodles out of the grease trap, and we get the week four. <laughs> and as we prepare our our. As we prepare our heavy-duty fish slices for some noodle scraping. <laughs> he is at JRH writing on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. <laughs> we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. <gasps> Shane Douglas, DDS. Give me your fucking teeth. Love you, bye. <laughs> Cut the fucking gums. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 